0: So what did skipley and welcome again to another episode of Latin in layman's, uh, yet another continuation of our Latin grammar mini series. Where today we're gonna be, I'm gonna split it into two parts here. The first part we're gonna be talking about the neuter in the second declension, right? Because we just went over first declension, feminine, second declension, masculine, but also there's another gender embedded within the second declension, which is neuter. And then finally, we have introduced all the genders that encompassed or are encompassed within Latin. We have masculine, feminine, and neuter. Of course, masculine tends to pertain to things that are masculine in quality, feminine, feminine things, and um, neuter things that have a neutral quality to them. That's where we get the word neutral from. Um, So if you're curious, and let me note um, that although the gender can be tied to certain words and it might make a lot of sense, it's not going to be over across the board. Like for some things like, you know, virtue, for instance, is a feminine word. Horse is a masculine word. There's no feminine equa. It's just equus, equi, you know? So, and you can think male chauvinism and all that stuff because, you know, back in the day they started to kind of tie gender to, um, things that were kind of like more embedded within the masculine world versus the feminine world versus, well, the neuter was kind of like another catch-all kind of thing, just like the third declension is in my opinion. So I'll stop rambling on that and we'll get on into it. So we'll talk about substantive nouns as well. Excuse me. And substantive nouns refer to uh, nouns that don't actually, they don't really appear as a noun in Latin. Uh, I know that that sounds weird, but they, they crop up as an adjective. But that adjective will in turn have a specific gender associated to that. Because like I said, Latin nouns and adjectives, we have qualities, case number and gender. So if we actually assign a gender to an adjectival word, and we don't have any sort of noun that is actually being uh, being modified by that adjective we can assume that that adjective is also referring to well for instance if i were to say pulcare and give it the er ak for masculine pulcare meaning beauty or in this case well if it's er it could it looks masculine well, if it is masculine beauty, well, we could maybe think about that as being a substantive noun, and if we have just the adjective masculine, it's got to be modifying something, and if we have given it a masculine quality with that er ending in the nominative singular, then we can assume that we're probably referring to a handsome man. On the other hand, if I were to say instead of care, it would be pulkra in a sentence or pulchra like we said a's are predominantly feminine think about proper nouns in latin we have julia and then in the masculine realm we have julius like julius caesar we have cleopatra we have faustina a common name back in the day was also lesbia we have um who else livia all ending in an a a lot of the time now that's not going to be overarching for all proper nouns, as we very well know, if we just think of another word, like my mom's name, Margaret, ends in a T, doesn't end in an A, that's okay. We'll be okay because it's just actually the England, English-ified version of Margarita. Anyways, and Spanish is a Romantic language, it is a derivative of the Roman language. So if we had pulchra, then feminine. A. Who do you think it's referring to in this in this case? If it's not Polkare, Polkra, probably referring to a beautiful girl or a beautiful woman, depending on if you, I don't know, maybe the context of the story or the sentence or the paragraph you're translating. So, there you go. A little bit of an introduction. Let's get on into it. All righty. So. There are going to be three important rules to remember here. So firstly, we have neuter nominatives and accusative forms. They're always going to be the same. Love me a pattern. Love me some things that I can always refer to uh, in times of distress. Number two, an adjective agrees with a noun. It modifies a number, gender, and case. And number three, a substantive derives its substance from its gender, doesn't That kind of makes sense, right? Sub meaning under. Stantive coming from stitium, which means uh, to stand essentially or uh, um, the placement, placement of really, standing or placement. Um, So it's just standing underneath in place of, well, the actual noun. So let's get into the neuter gender. Along with masculine and feminine, Latin also has a neuter gender meaning neither, referring to how it neither is masculine nor feminine. Thus... Neuter gender is often applied to things that don't have a natural gender. Words like war, aka bel-um, iron, fair-um, or danger, periculum. If you think about that, war, bellum, that's where we get antebellum. Anti meaning before, bellum meaning war. Antebellum refers to in history the period uh, before the Civil War and after the War of 1812, I believe. AK before the war, AK before the war of America, right? The Civil War is kind of like, that's our war. Um, iron, ferrum, that's where we get ferrous iron. That's why F-E on the periodic table is iron. And then danger, periculum, that's where we get peril from. Peril. But it's not as simple as that, like I mentioned in our little introduction here. There are many exceptions to this rule and thus in Latin, Things which are masculine in gender are not necessarily always male in nature. The same holds true for the other two genders, like I said. So in Latin, it's not as straightforward as it is in English where he, the masculine pronoun, almost always refers to something male or she, the female pronoun, something female, or it, the neuter pronoun, something without gender. Sometimes that holds true, not all the time. In Latin, there are many things which we English speakers see as not having natural gender, and so we refer to those things in the singular as it, but in Latin, these things, these same things are masculine or feminine. So for instance, penalty equals poena in Latin, and that's a feminine word. Agricola, farmer, is also feminine, but it's also masculine in it. no, I'm sorry, I'm just kidding, I'm thinking of Nauta. Agricola, farmer, also feminine, as is memory, with memoria, book. However, is liber, right? Liber, with that E-R ending, is masculine. So is year. The word for year, honest, where we get annual from, um, is with that U.S. ending, masculine. How about grief? Grief, dolor, which we'll get into in the third declension, is also masculine in nature. Therefore, at the end of the day, gender in Latin is arbitrary and must be memorized for each noun all right so sometimes it holds true and it makes sense sometimes it doesn't like for things like penalty and memory and virtue and whatever but patterns do exist however and i love memes some good old patterns some good old formulas and they can really aid in memorizing the words gender so for instance the first declension nouns which have a in the nominative singular are almost always feminine in the same way second declension nouns ending in us in the nominative singular are almost always masculine as we study other declensions and see patterns which can help in memorizing gender we'll point them out second declension neuter nouns are brain fart anyways second declension neuter nouns in the in the nominative singular are going to be in Uh, ending in an um, ending um, U-M. All right. So we have feminine, A, masculine, U-S or E-R, and sometimes just R if it's weird for man, V-I-R, and in the neuter, U-M, um. So in the plural, they're really, and that's the only irregularity other than in the accusative singular. So it's going to be really similar. So I'm going to riff off the second declension masculine, masculine really quickly. And I'm going to pit it off against the second declension neuter. And then we'll talk about just the slight nuance and differentiation between the two. So, masculine, starting at nominative singular, going down to ablative singular. We're not going to worry about vocative. Us, e, o, m, o, e, orm, isos, is. Now, neuter. Second inklunction. Um e om o a is. Us e o m o e orum isos is, is ah, um I'm sorry. Um e om ah, orm is, ah, is. All righty. So let's think about that real quickly. So in the neuter nominative singular, it's an um. It's also gonna be there's no derivation in the accusative singular because it's um in the second declension masculine as well as the second declension neuter. Us e o oh, um o. Oh. Um e o oh, um o. Oh. There you go. Now, looking at the second declension plural masculine, we have e orm is os is versus neuter nominative or um, neuter nominative plural. Ah orm is ah is. So now we can see that. The only derivations are going to be in the nominative plural and the accusative plural. Nominative plural is an A. Accusative plural is an A. In the second declension, nominative plural is an I, which is pronounced E. And in the accusative plural for the second declension masculine, it's going to be O's with an O. Macron over the O, S. That's why it it renders a longer O. Okay, so if you didn't know, now you know. Really, that's only the difference. So I wish I could throw two. uh, That's why it's hard for me. I love the visual aspect of it. Um, Maybe you can pull up two charts to be able to, if you're in front of a computer, to, to, to see the differences and the similarities. Because that's how we create patterns in our mind. And that's how we can kind of refer back to and make the whole memorization thing way much more easy. So there you go. Uh is it like, it, it's kind of a little confusing. Uh, these two endings uh, make it really easy to to, to be mistaken for uh, being in the feminine, right? So when I was talking about those A's in the plural, when we go um, e o m o a or um, is, ah, uh, is, a lot of the time I've seen students get those neuter, nominative, and accusative plurals with those A's and they see that A and they think that it's feminine in nature, we got to remember if the word that we're trying to translate, we got to know what gender that word is. And sometimes we don't know, so we just got to defer to a dictionary in order for us to learn. So if a noun is first declension and has an A ending, it means that the word is nominative singular, but if the word is second declension neuter and has an a ending, it can either be nominative or accusative plural, like I said. So in light, it's interesting to bear in mind that English derivatives like data and agenda are actually neuter plural. They are derivatives of the Latin second declension nouns. Proper grammar then demands that one say the data show, not the data shows, right? So it, maybe you can think about this whenever somebody's talking about data. But enforcing niceties of this sort is often a losing battle, uh, in my opinion. So I suggest that you use data properly, but I wouldn't insist that your friends do. Otherwise, you might find yourself with many data, but few friends. Um, Ha ha ha. Another thing to note is how the nominative and accusative forms in the singular and plural respect respectfully are the same just kind of reiterating what we already talked about the um in the nominative and singular plural nominative and accusative singular there you go and the a in the nominative and accusative plural so um nominative and accusative singular a nominative and accusative plural um e o um o a orm is a is all righty so there you go it brings up a rule that will apply not only to forms that you learn in latin but also in across Indo-European languages as well. The neuter nominatives and accusative forms are always the same. Now, that doesn't mean that the accusative singular and the accusative plural are the same, but with a number, in other words, the singular of the nominative and accusative or the plural of the nominative and accusative will always be the same. I'm going to take the word bellum, meaning more, like we said before, antebellum, and I'm going to decline it through all of its Ending. So I'm going to render it from bellum and iterate it through all its nominative through a cu- or ablative, singular, and plural. Bellum, belli, bello bellum, Belo, bella, bellum, bellis, bella, bellis. There you go. Now, adjectives. I recommend uh, to utilize first and second declen- uh, declension endings to create one declensional system called the first and second declension. First, feminine, second declension, masculine, and neuter. The reason for that is, or for, the, for this is that. Since adjectives must be able to modify any noun, they must also be able to take any number, gender, or case. So adjectives have to have a full set of first or second endings in order for them to be masculine or feminine and neuter, singular and plural, or any of the case endings. <clears throat> in the world of Latin grammar, Nouns take precedence over adjectives, hence the rule that an adjective must agree with a noun, it modifies, in number, gender, and case is important. Important. The adjective will actually follow the noun, whereas typically we have adjectives that precede the noun, Um, like in English, a beautiful girl. For instance, if you were to translate that in Latin, it would actually be, it would look like girl beautiful. Now let's look at how to form an adjective. Just like nouns, adjectives have a base. To to determine the base, drop the feminine nominative singular ending. In this case, A from the second form in the dictionary. Let's say you have the word Magnus, which means great. In the dictionary, it will be cited in its nominative singular forms in this case, magnus, magna, magnum. If you have a Latin dictionary, give it a shot, you'll see. And when you see that it shows the iteration of the masculine, the feminine, the neuter, all in the nominative singular, you know that that is an adjective. But also, if you just were to understand that magnus means great or large, that doesn't sound like a noun, sounds like an adjective. Let's let's be very aware of what parts of speech are, because I know that you guys know your parts of speech. At least I hope so. If you don't, you need to go, and you need to come back, and you need to do a little work, right? I, I uh, You know what? I, I have to do plenty of grammar before I actually get into Latin a lot of time in my classes because I have students that refer to chairs and tables as verbs and blah, 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 and I'm just like, what is going on? Where is our command of language and our understanding of what an adjective versus noun is? Anyways, so. We take that second form, magna, lop off that A from the feminine non-singular form, and that gives us the base M-A-G-N, magna. All righty. With a rare exception like this and these that and those our adjectives do not change forms do not contain the same kind of grammatical information that latin adjectives do so either we have to write out the grammar for instance if you have the word bonus you would translate it as good but you would need to add the grammatical information nominative singular masculine or you attach the adjective to a noun with the same grammatical values as in the good boy did his homework hint hint wink wink and if you think about it That raises another interesting possibility, namely the formation of what grammarians call substantives. Substantives are words that are fundamentally adjective, but they function as nouns, like I was talking about before. Such as the adjective good, it can serve as a substantive, that is as a noun. Good can be a noun. How? That's weird. I was just talking about how good can only be an adjective. What are you talking about, Liam? Are you doubling down on what you say or no? Well, for instance, if you talk about goods in the store, goods is a noun referring to good things in the store, right? The adjective is serving as a noun, and that's a substantive noun. So if you didn't know, now you know. Similarly, you can, you can talk about swift as a fast-flying bird. Birds are, now, uh, birds are nouns, but the word swift is at heart an adjective. In English, we often show that an adjective is functioning as a substantive by pluralizing it or putting an article in front of it, such as electronics or the young and the restless. See how you can turn substantives also in English, but you just probably weren't aware of it or weren't, you know, cognizant as much? Now you are. Cognitively aware, and you are no longer ignorant. But Latin adjectives contain more information encoded into them than their English counterparts, which makes them much more naturally easy to convert into substantives because, for instance, they have gender, and gender naturally implies a gendered substance. Hence, the principle that Latin substantives derive their substance from their gender. In other words, Because a Latin adjective is masculine, it implies that the substance or the understated noun lying behind the adjective is man or men. If the adjective is plural. If an adjective is feminine in gender, it implies woman or in the plural, women. And if it's neuter, thing or things. For instance, adjective, for instance, as a substantive, it must have no noun to go with it in this sentence. So. Otherwise, there's no need to evoke substance from its gender. So in other words, if bonus has liber to go with it, it's a good book. Um, But if it's just bonus by itself, it could be, well, contextually, maybe in the prior sentence, you were talking about a book. Now, if you have bonus here, that bonus could be uh, referring back to its antecedent, aka the book. So now you have bonus just serving as a substantive, aka good book. Um, There you go. So this is how substantives work. You're reading along in a Latin sentence and you come across an adjective. It doesn't have a noun to modify. You look at its gender. If the gender is masculine, you add man or men to the translation of the adjective. If the adjective is feminine, you add woman or women. And if it's neuter, thing or things, you know, or if it's really specific and you know that it's referring to something masculine, but it, you know that that masculine is a book, then it would be a good book like we were talking about before. So here are some examples. So say you're reading along in a Latin sentence and you run into the word parvus, P-A-R-V-U-S, meaning small. And as you can see from the U.S. ending, it's nominative, singular, and masculine. If there's a noun to attach to it, say puer, you do that, right? So you'd attach parvus to puer and translate it as small boy. But if there is no noun attached to it, the Latin text applies man or implies rather man. Because parwus is masculine in gender. So therefore, it would refer to, if parwus was just by itself, a small man. Another example here, mala. Mala, it means bad. And if you can see from the ending a, it's nominative singular feminine. It could be neuter plural, but let's not get into that. If mala is in the sentence where it doesn't have another noun to modify, the implication is a bad woman. And because it is nominative, it functions as the subject of the sentence. However, the A on the end of mala allows for another possibility, rather, that mala is functioning as a neuter substantive or accusative plural. In that case, mala becomes bad things. And most likely serves as either the direct object or the subject of the sentence, but plurally. Because A is in the nominative plural and accusative plural in the neuter. That's all I have for you guys. I hope you guys learned something new. That's going to be part one. And then part two, we're going to get into the verb to be for our lesson four in our grammar, Latin grammar mini series here. Thank you guys again and remember be proud of yourself you're inputting a lot of information maybe allow yourself to debrief maybe you want to go back over it again if you want to i'll provide all of uh, what i've written down in the show notes so that you guys can derive a little semblance of a visual if you need um you can go on over to my wordpress while i also will put that and relay that information on that wordpress there Um, and, uh, hit me up if you have any other questions, comments, concerns at latin and layman's at gmail.com. And I didn't even mention, but Hey, if you've gotten this far, a support of a rating or anything would be very appreciated. It's free. It's easy. It's like one, two, three, easy peasy lemon squeezy. And it helps your boy out immensely. Thank you guys. I'm thankful for you. Be thankful for yourself. I'm thankful for myself. I hope you're thankful for me. And I'm thankful for this world and all the love that I'm still seeing every single day, regardless of all, all the anger. Start pushing out more of that love. And until next time, Tempo Sesta scatterray